Center for Teaching and Learning is showcasing faculty innovations in the classroom and creating a space for faculty members to share ideas and learn from each other's experiences. This is one of a series of informal conversations where we ask a faculty member to describe and sometimes demonstrate their innovative practices. We're speaking today with Cecilia Dong, Associate Professor in the Electrical and Computer Engineering Department of the College of Engineering and Computing Sciences. Cecilia started at New York Tech in 2010. Before joining that, she was teaching at New Jersey Institute of Technology and Monmouth University as an adjunct professor. Even with the pandemic, Cecilia and her colleagues have continued the undergraduate research and entrepreneurship program by moving faculty-guided research online so students have a way to socialize and engage in meaningful research activities. Welcome, Cecilia. Thank you, friend. Good morning, everyone. Uh, which course is your absolute favorite to teach? Um, I wouldn't say one or two. I enjoy teaching all my classes, but I think if I have to pick one, I would say Signals and Systems, uh, ENG 341 and uh, 514. Um, just because I enjoy the math and that's one of the uh, courses that has a lot of math embedded and also it's a foundational courses for engineers to learn because it provides all the math, necessary math tools for them to take the advanced courses to analyze signals, to understand the system, how they function. So it's a fundamental course for students um, to grasp before uh, they can uh, use those tools to apply for engineering problem solving. Okay, now tell this non-engineer what signals and systems means. Um, so uh, we we have a lot of uh, signals. For example, our heartbeat, um, how the music the music is basically a signal, uh, 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 sequences of signal. Of course, um, the telephone calls that we're like uh, making, all of them are signals. The systems are the ones that are processing those signals. Um, so we have you know the speaker, the sound that we're using, the headphones. These are all. Uh, different type of filters or systems that process the signal that we are talking. For example, I'm talking, you're talking. Uh, all the videos are signals that we're watching. They're all signals. And the systems are the ones that are processing them. Um, so these are the type of uh, things that we are dealing every single day. And as an electrical engineer, um, we are set out to design system that can you know, represent those signals, um, simplify them, make sure that we filter because there are a lot of no, uh, environmental noise um, when we transmit those signals and design communication system that can process the signals and eventually um, thus the signal would do whatever they are intended for the end user, right? Um, whether they're mm -hmm. like imaging, whether they are just song, listening to the songs, um, so all of these are um, the type of everyday usage for this course is about. Thank you. That is very helpful. Um, is there a teacher that you've had or a student that you've taught that has changed your approach to teaching? Um, I wouldn't say one, but I think the most uh, influential would be my uh, PhD advisor. Um, I wasn't really thinking about pursuing the academic career because I like I'm always curious about doing all kinds of uh, I was looking into industry. I was looking into different project management uh, positions before. Um, but I think um, he's the one that opens the door for me to really um, 
think about um, pursuing academic career and um, and expose me to what teaching is really about. And there are different ways teaching students and he would challenge his class usually. Um, so I learned a lot from him. Um, you know, uh, he's not a first generation, uh, he's a first generation immigrant. So um, I, I also learned a lot of um, how to approach teaching uh, in a more inclusive way. Um, so um, many of the, you know, challenging students asking questions, I still learn from him over the, you know, current, we are still collaborating. So I'm learning from him during our group meeting to see how he asks questions during our group meeting, how he framed the research questions. And I also learned a lot, like he's constantly um, improving his teaching skills, just um, very, very uh, considerate about how students learn, especially during the pandemic, um, using new technology and like switching the whole network class online, which I was not able to do on my case, but I'm learning a lot from him, uh, just approaches to teaching, approaches to understanding students' needs. Um, so other uh, than him, we, I'm, I'm very appreciative about all the colleagues around me. Um, I mean, um, I mean your your center for teaching and learning, um, and we did a lot of uh, workshop together. And um, I, it's not last summer; it was two summer ago. We did the summer institute. Um, so a lot of resources the center for teaching and learning has uh, equipped us with is really helpful. Um, so I'm learning as it goes, and uh, just discussion with um, colleagues. Uh, from our school, from other schools, and sometimes review other colleagues' class and getting ideas. Oh, this is a wonderful way to engage students. Um, I learned from Eric Greenberg about like you have to ask students to turn on their camera in when you have a Zoom class, um, so that students are more engaging that way. So there, um, you know, a lot of uh, lessons learned over the years, and then a lot of meaningful discussions with colleagues. So. Um, wonderful feedback from everybody. Yeah. So in terms of students, um, um, I think what I learned over the years, um, students learn differently. I have one student um, are really good at research. However, he's, he, he's just getting nervous whenever he takes the exam. So he couldn't um, do well in an exam, but I know he understands the concept. So they are um, different type of students. I think the learning module needs to also change, not just one exam and it de defines whether you're good or not. So I've been trying to do is breaking down different assessment skills um, in the course to evaluate. So use project-based um, assessment using not just like breaking down um, a whole concept into smaller pieces that helps us to gauge, okay, which part the student don't really guess, um, um, get the concept or uh, should we spend a little bit more time on a specific concept during class? That's part of teaching more inclusively too, right? Yeah. Is giving the students many different ways to show what they know. Yeah. How did you feel in March, 2020? when we had to move to remote teaching? Um, I think it's um, uncertainty um, back then is, um, 
I'm trying to uh, think what is the best way because I really started to say, okay, I'm teaching the math intensive course and I, I usually use multiple blackboards in class and how am I supposed to teach um, in over Zoom? Um, but I'm re- very, very grateful that uh, provided up with the tablet. So um, I'm learning using whiteboard in Zoom. I think Zoom was also improving over um the time that um, we started using them. Um, and I started exploring using breakout rooms. Um, so during my regular in-person class, I, you know, you will see my class is more active. So students can talk and they discuss and we do a lot of problem in class. And then I group them into different pods and I walk around and see um, what problem they have. So I was trying to mimic the same way uh, as an in-person. So they can work in a smaller group and they use breakout rooms, um, solving problems. And I make sure that I go to each room and they can you know, ask me to help them out and they can call me uh, on Zoom to go to their room. Um, so the challenge is some of the students don't have access to certain you know, uh, technology, for example, a tablet. Uh, so they, it, it's hard for them to use a mouse to draw those equations. Um, so that will probably a little bit challenge for some of them to, you know, but some they, they can dictate some of their friends to write down the equations. Um, so I'm also teaching some of them using LaTeX, but that takes a little bit more time for them to write equations also. Uh, right. But in general, that's uh, that has been helpful uh, with breakout rooms, with more... Uh, intimate interaction with students in a Zoom classroom. Um, you've been using Canvas and Zoom for the past year, yes. right? So how are you using Canvas? Um, or how I, are Canvas and Zoom interacting? Um, I think they are, I think we have been integrating them seamlessly because I think the second uh, mod, I, I started Canvas really early. I think I was the first pilot once. <laughs> that switched to Canvas. Well, thanks to my advisor, because he was telling me, oh, Canvas is much better. So I learned a lot from him how to use it. Um, I think um, the way that the schedule on a weekly schedule, the modules, um, how we can integrate our, I recorded all my lectures so they can be embedded into the same place. So it's um, a lot easier for students to find information. They can just click, you know, if I have a demonstration video and that's going to be linked to YouTube or linked to MATLAB and the package that I gave to them. So it's um, a much easier way to organize the content of the course. Um, and I really appreciate the module that the Center for Teaching and Learning provided us. There's a weekly one. I just need to fill in all the information. Um, one thing that I'm still trying to figure out is the uh, how we can use uh, more engaging discussion. I know there was a weekly discussion and template. Um, so what I customized that is there, I, I changed that into topic discussion. So there are sometimes topics that needs uh, a little more discussion among the class. So I create a topic-based discussion rather than a weekly one. So that's the change that I made uh, for uh, online discussion for students. Sometimes they do, but sometimes students um, may not use it that much. So that is uh, one thing I'm trying to see um, whether like there's an incentive for them to get more engaged online that way. 
Um, the other thing that I think it's useful is you can ask them to be creative, making their own headshots in the in the uh, either Zoom and uh, Canvas. They can they are very very good at social media, which um, I admire them for that. Uh, so they can use them to be creative, and sometimes they write bios there, so you can write anything that you want to sh- to share. So they are very creative um, about those as well. And how do you think the students have been responding? Have they liked the way you've structured the course? Do you hear from them to do more, to do less? Um, the request that I hear from students is they wanted to do more problems in class. Um, so with uh, remote learning, one of the advantages that uh, we can record so of course we have to cover the theory part. So I try to, um, you know, shorten the theory, make sure we have enough time to do more problems in class, so they can watch the recording uh, multiple times if they missed some part uh, during the class. So that's really helpful. Um, I also have a supplemental instruction session for students, so they have more time with a supplemental instructor to work on additional problems um, after class. So they they get to. Uh, interact more even after class. Um, so they do have, uh, I do have students coming to office hours and then sometimes they wanted to discuss some problems and sometimes they wanted to talk about their future career and some of them wanted to become a teacher. So um, there some more like private discussion. Um, I usually come to class 10, 15 minutes early. I stay a, a few more minutes just in case someone wants to ask question. Um, so that gives them a little bit uh, more relaxed environment, not just during lecture. Um, the other thing that I think is helpful is know all your students' names. So I call them by name. Sometimes we, I call them to answer questions um, in class. Um, I think they um, they uh, very nicely, and I think they think the class is uh, engaging. Um, So sometimes in class, there's this moment where everything comes together just right. And it's almost like like magic because you and the students are all together and fully engaged and going in the same direction. And it can be really just transformative. Uh, Can you tell us about one of those moments? Um, So the... (laughs) Either pre or post pandemic. Sure. Um, I I make sure I have the student take on the driver's seat once during the semester. So I have them uh, pick one property of Fourier transform. Um, So they will be, uh, they have to prepare for their lecture plan. They record their lecture and they will do a live session during class. Um, So this semester, uh, it seems have been taken really well because I think, I almost started a fan page. So there's one group that did really well. I think they're um, uh, doing a time scaling property. uh, And like everybody in the classroom started chatting and like they were just. um, So that's when I see, okay, they're really engaged in class and they really enjoy uh, listening to their peers lecture and they were asking them questions. Um, I think that makes me really happy. And I think this is the active learning moment that we have been always been looking for. Um, So the, um, 
the lecture for the students, I, I, I don't want to misleading everybody. It takes a lot of time. So you have to work with students. So they form a group. Um, you help them identify the topic they wanted to lecture. And um, I work with them to rehearse the, uh, their lecture and make sure the material is correct. So that's a little bit time consuming at certain times uh, if you are really busy with proposal and research papers. Um, but I think uh, when you see how excited they are, um, you know, I see, you know, students do get a lot of nervousness when they are presenting, but um, it helps them um, really gain confidence when they see, okay, uh, I can be a professor for one day and being able to elaborate on a complex uh, concept and then make them understood. So I think that's one moment. I think the um, I really enjoy seeing them uh, and enjoying themselves in class. Has it changed how you teach in other classes? Um, I haven't really. Uh, what I what what I've been trying to do with other classes is to engage them more on like learning what is happening in the industry. So I mm-hmm. ask students to search for the most recent topics on research, for example, in terms of computer network class, I would ask them to, because the textbook is not really up to date in terms of what is really out, like happening out in the industry, out in um, in the research realm. So I asked them to look for the most updated topics on, you know, what kind of hacking people have been doing the network ransomware. So there are a lot of writing assignments, literature review, uh, research assignments. Um, so that's not asking to lecture, but also uh, engage them to look for information and understand the field uh, rather than just, you know, answering questions from the exams. Right. Yeah, I guess that recent ransomware of the pipeline, the yes. oil pipeline, must mm-hmm. have been a great opportunity. Something so that, good came out of it. Uh, it's a teachable moment that we usually say. <laughs> right, right. So as we start to move into a post-COVID world, which of your innovations do you think you will keep? What do you think will stick around? Um, I envision this to be more of a hybrid way of engaging students. Um, I think online uh, still cannot replace in-person. There's the social factors, there's the interpersonal communication cues that uh, we do not really get over. But I think this uh, Zoom uh, can provide, like um, the hybrid learning can provide uh, many students access to learning. For example, some student told me that um, this is so great because they don't have to spend two and a half hour in commute time because those are just wasted time where they can spend time, um, you know, reading, the, actually reading, reading assignment and doing some additional problems. Um, but I think uh, some of the students do need, you know, people uh, learn differently. Some students probably prefer more of an in-person contact. Um, so if we can provide a learning collaborative space uh, in school while also supporting them um, over this uh, Zoom and Canvas hybrid mode, um, doesn't matter where they are uh, as long as they are learning. I think that's our ultimate goal. Uh, and we have to encourage them to explore um, more information on their own. So um, how do they 
um, do this lifelong learning to inspire them, to motivate them. Okay, this is an exciting field. Um, so I think that's um, the, the, doesn't matter the the, the delivery mode. Um, I think it's to how to engage them in their own taking on their own learning. Um, I think that's that, that's I think that's the ultimate goal. One thing you had talked about before before this conversation was um, practicing empathy and compassion to get through the pandemic as a community. How do you see that changing how you teach going forward? Um, what have you learned about your students in the pandemic that you might not have known otherwise? Um, I think there's um, a lot of challenges that we usually don't get to touch or like, especially, um, you know, when you just go to class and then afterwards um, they don't talk about their personal lives. And um, during the, the pandemic, um, I've heard um, the impact for many students from their family because sometimes they may have family member gotten sick or they, you know, family members like uh, jobs lost or, you know, there are different type of difficulty that they may be facing. Um, I think um, it sometimes feel helpless to, there's like, you have no way to help them out. The only thing that you can do is to provide um, an environment that they can talk about it and also um, just um, be supportive of um, what they are going through. Um, I appreciate a lot more about their re resilience um, because if I hear some of the story that happened to me, I don't know if I can carry through. Right. So I'd like to wrap up these conversations with recommendations. Um, is there a particular app or a technology tool that, that you've been using that's improved your teaching? that other faculty might like to know about? Uh, sure. I, I think most of our, our colleagues probably are using Canvas or Zoom uh, one way or the other. Uh, breakout room that I use a lot. Uh, for my class, I use MATLAB visualization too, so the student can visualize um, how a signal actually looks like. And they get the chance to create music using MATLAB so that they learn the notes and then they learn how to compose the music on their own and add noise and then design filters and then so they can they can hear what they created they can um, see what they generated like spectrogram and, and all the information um, the other uh, tool that I, I I think I promise I show you this is I um, I have this uh um, virtual background so this is I'll give you a preview of my class um, so this is what um, I use for every week um, for my class virtual background. So I give an outline of what um, we are going to cover during each week. Um, when I have the recordings, the student will be able to see what is going to be covered and um, what is going to happen in this. Um, so this is going to change every week about the content of the lecture. Uh, so this is one too. I think it's helpful for me at least um, to give students an outline um, what is going to happen during the lecture during the week. Um, so I think this is a tool called Canva. Uh, you can customize your content and just download it as a virtual background. 
Um, I didn't realize how interesting this could be until I accidentally left it on um, with um, one of my students. And then, oh, this is so cool. Uh, how did you make it? So this is what um, I did. Um, I think maybe helpful for other faculty to think about as well. Um, so this is um, mimicking what we really teach in, in person. So we write, okay, this is our outline for this week. So it had um, a sense of reality, hopefully. That's very clever. I, I knew about Canva and it never occurred to me to do anything like that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's terrific. Um, Cecilia, I can't thank you enough for taking time to join us today. It has been wonderful talking to you, and I hope everybody uh, stays safe, um, and we are almost ready to get back on campus. Yes. So, we've been speaking today with Cecilia Dong, Associate Professor in the Electrical and Computer Engineering Department of the College of Engineering and Computing Sciences, as part of the Great Teaching Series. This conversation has been recorded and will be available on the Center for Teaching and Learning webpage, nytwdu slash CTL. If you'd like to be featured in the Great Teaching Series, please email the Center for Teaching and Learning at ctl at nytwdu, or better yet, fill out the form at bit.ly bit.ly slash great-teaching. <laughs>